Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, September 7th, 2021, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-host for the evening, Anastasia. Lavendar is on special assignment tonight, but she should be back uh, for our next show. So our special guest this evening is Lainey Love Dalby, who is a galactic rainbow shamaness on a passionate mission to free human spirits that have been told that they're either too much or not enough to sparkle shamelessly for the good of all and step into their authentic power and sovereignty. She's a trailblazer of women's spirituality and empowerment, number one best-selling author, transformational speaker and retreat facilitator, holy ceremonialist, shamanic healing artist, the cosmic creatrix of the new sacred revolution oracle, and the founder of the Ecstatic Embodiment Leadership Academy that offers training for personal and planetary transformation. As a spiritual thought leader with her own flavor of multimedia ministry, she's using a daring style, deep substance, and divine soul sparkle to dismantle old systems, ideas, and ways of being that promote separateness and limit our full revolutionary potential so that we can come wildly and unapologetically alive. Ultimately, she's igniting a constellation of millions of star beings sparkling shamelessly across the globe to help flood the house of humanity with light, love, and healing. You can check out her website, which is Lainey Love Dalby, L-A-I-N-I-E, L-O-V-E-D-A-L-B-Y dot com. And she's got uh, two other websites that are listed on the, uh, on the show page where you can just click uh, rather than have to write it all down. But the other one is ecstaticembodiedleadership.academy. And then there is a bit.ly address to pre-order the um, Oracle cards, and that is all on our show page. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Jada and Fiona for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment. We have an online starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other starseeds thanks to Tammy's continual dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here and you'll get our bi-weekly show notice if you enable those. Our main website is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart. And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one Zoom session available with Lavendar for her established clients only, Anastasia, Emerald, Miara, Riley, or myself. Riley, Emerald, and Miara are now available for the live Stage 2 sessions, so you'll be able to have a Starseed consultation in a matter of weeks rather than months as it has been. And remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you'll get a window of 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by just requesting your solar return timing on the website. And that usually takes less than a week. So first up tonight, I'm get my pages straightened out here. I would like to introduce Anastasia 
and her wonderful Starseed News. <laughs> oh, good evening, Ariel. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Yes. Are we on? Yes. Good, good. Ah, good. Yeah, we're on. <laughs> good. Wonderful. Well, it's a beautiful evening here where I am. I hope you're all having a wonderful evening. And uh, we'll start off tonight's news with a fascinating story about a mummy. Archaeologists in Egypt have discovered a very special money, uh, mummy <laughs> mummy that makes me think of money because the mummy <laughs> has a golden tongue. Imagine that. What a big surprise. Well, the English phrase about somebody being silver-tongued it runs cross-culturally across the world, clearly, because a set of mummies were unearthed in, me- in Egypt, and this one in particular, indeed, was buried with a golden tongue. Not silver, but gold. Wow. To the Greco-Roman period of Egypt, after it had come under the thumb of northern Mediterranean uh, region following the conquest of Alexander the Great. And they were found in the gilded sarcophagi built out of rock-cut wall-hole tombs in the temple of Tapasiris Magna in the classical era city of the same name, Tapasiris Magna. Well, within these small chambers... The mummies were in a poor state of preservation, which highlights, according to this press release from the Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities, that the characteristics of mummification in the Greek and Roman periods, meaning not many average mummies uh, were in excellent condition. However, this mummy contained within it a gold foil amulet shaped in the form of a tongue placed in its mouth. It looks just like a tongue, shining and gleaming in the midst of this mummification. It was placed in the mouth of this mummy in a special ritual to ensure that they would have the ability to speak before Osiris in the afterlife. As you know, Osiris was the god of the underworld, and it would be considered very important for people to have a way to speak with him. They also think that that the tongue might be related to uh, that idea, although the Smithsonian brought up that perhaps the deceased could have had a speech impediment. Well, anyway... These two most important mummies were wrapped in golden bonds of papyrus. One bore decorations characteristic of Osiris, while the other one wore an ATEF crown, sporting horns and a coiled cobra around the head and a falcon design on their chest to honor the god Horus. The discovery was made by a joint Egyptian-Dominican team. They also discovered eight marble masks, depicting faces of the Roman and Greco influence in within the region. They said these were very detailed, amazing masks, and they found a near-body-length female funerary mask, enormous. They said that in the last 10 years, this particular mission has found important archaeological finds that have changed the, the people's perception of the Temple of Taposiris Magna. Never heard of it, have you guys? Anyway, they also Uh -uh. found the number of coins bearing the name and image of Queen Cleopatra VII inside the temple walls and many statues. What a find. An Egyptian. Wow, I didn't know there were seven Cleopatras. Yeah, right, exactly. Isn't that wild? There's lots of stuff. Yeah. Lots of history we don't know. But that's a golden tongue. There you go. And from our metaphysical intrigue department, we have this story. All right, guys, you're going to go, what? Come on, Anastasia, but I'll tell you, this has metaphysical significance. Uh, You won't get that at first, but let's start out by telling you what the story's about. It's not about anything you would think metaphysics is, and here's the headline. 
researchers find universal formula for the egg shape. What? <laughs> well, this is a new math- mathematical formula that can describe any bird's egg existing in nature. This was discovered by a team of scientists from the United Kingdom and Ukraine. Well, let me get into this a little bit more. Now, eggs have been described as the most perfect thing. The egg has always been considered a major food source in human history. It is also one of the most recognizable shapes in nature and is an example of evolutionary adaptation to the most diverse range of environmental conditions and situations. Actually, eggs are extremely fascinating shape of the egg. These include uh, situations which eggs are particularly adapted for are things like heat and humidity, incubation with or without body heat, in or out of nests, and or from clean to highly infected environments. The inside of an egg is sterile. Moreover, the practical issues of evolving a shape that is large enough to incubate an embryo, small enough to exit the body in the most efficient way, not roll away once it's laid, and be structurally sound enough to bear weight are the primary considerations of a remarkable structure that is a feature of over 10,500 living bird species, including those used for egg consumption by people. Think, Think, everybody, about ancient motifs, archetypes, such as the serpent eating the egg, so on and so forth a very symbolic and powerful symbol and an archetype of the unconscious and a metaphysical wonder. All right, I go on. The egg shape is the most worthy of a full mathematical analysis and description. Despite this, a geometric characterization of the word oviform or egg-shaped that is universally applicable has stumped researchers and scientists. There's not been a formula for it. There's a formula for squares, rectangles, circles, so on and so forth. Everybody's heard of pi. No formula for egg shape. Well, as a main parameter in oomorphology, the shape of a bird's egg has to date escaped this formulation. But to rectify this, the researchers developed a mathematical model to fit this completely, entirely novel geometric shape. This has been a long-sought-for formula. There's been a significant step in in understanding not only the egg shape itself, but how and why it evolved, thus making widespread biological and technological applications possible. Maybe they will invent a rocket ship going to the stars that's in the shape of an egg. Don't know. But they tell us that this mathematical equation underlies our understanding and appreciation of a certain philosophical harmony between mathematics and biology. And from those two, a way forward toward the further comprehension of our universe, understood neatly in the shape of an egg, according to a researcher at the University of Kent. Well now, that's the deeply metaphysical part. Our ancient ancestors understood perfectly the meaning and symbolization and the mathematical astounding formulation of an egg. They used it often in describing states of spiritual enlightenment. So there we go. I had to share that with you. I thought it was very exciting. We were all scratching your heads, but let's celebrate the mathematical formula for the egg shape. 
We've cracked yet another mystery. And yet, if we could only understand the true, deep, metaphysical meaning of the, of the shape of an egg, I think that we would come into a perfect state of balance and be able to gestate just right all of that divine potential inside of us. But that is a subject of another time, another place. On to the next story. Thank goodness. I, now, no snoring allowed out there. Don't anybody go to sleep. Green tea and cocoa-enriched diet may help prevent age-associated neuromuscular changes. I like green tea, love cocoa. Y'all love chocolate, right? You know I do. Well, this oh, yeah. is good news because, right, a new study in mice provides insights into the use of green tea and cocoa flavonoids as nutritional interventions for the treatment of aging-related neuromuscular alterations that occur with sarcopenia, which is, by the way, a medical word, which means the progressive loss of skeletal muscle mass and function of muscles associated with age. You young people out there might not be too concerned, but someday you're going to grow older, and this may be helpful to you because they're finding that cocoa and green tea flavonoids could be beneficial in the nutritional management of age-related deterioration of our muscles. They say that with the prevalence of up to 40% of people over 60 years of age, sarcopenia constitutes a critical challenge in our aging society. Starting in the third decade of life, humans experience a gradual deterioration of muscle power, and over the age of 60, a decline of about 3% of muscle mass per year is reported to occur in almost all individuals. Different mechanisms have been identified to contribute to the loss of muscle mass with age, and to evaluate, they're trying to crack this problem, to evaluate nutritional ingredients that can mitigate progression of muscle loss the researchers tested the effects of two flavonoid-rich plant extracts, green tea catechins and cocoa flavanols. Well, they compared it to control mice. They found that green tea catechins and cocoa supplementation significantly improved the survival rate of mice, reduced the proportion of fibers, and increased the density of skeletal muscles. Additionally, both supplements significantly augmented the number of neuromuscular junctions, that is, nerve endings, response times, uh, flexibility, and so on. They say that our data indicate that certain plant flavonoids may be beneficial in the management of age-related deterioration of muscles and, and nerves. And you can read about that in the journal called Aging. So there you go. Let's load up on cocoa and green tea. I'm all for that. Yeah. Good for it. Okay. Uh, And speaking about mice, listen to this. Mexico is the first country in North America to ban animal cosmetic testing. That's right, Mexico. They're the first country in North America and the 41st country in the world to completely ban cosmetics testing on animals after Mexico's Senate voted unanimously to do so. Now, this change in legislation is believed to have been influenced by the Humane Society's international stop-motion animated film called Save Ralph, which is the story of a rabbit, cosmetic, uh, a, ras- a rabbit, excuse me, who was in a cosmetic test, and that garnered more than 150 million social media views and over 730 million tags on TikTok. It caused an uproar. uproar. It encouraged more than over a million people to sign a petition to halt cosmetic animal testing in Mexico. 
it's hard to get people active. Over a million people signed a petition. And the law passed. And under this law, it will no longer be permitted for cosmetic research to include testing on animals. The new law also forbids the manufacture, marketing, and import of cosmetics that have been tested on animals in other countries. And the bill, of course, was supported by the Humane Society in Mexico. Uh, the, the head of this group said this. He said, beauty cannot be cruelty, and that's why we senators are saving the animals and are issuing laws that firmly prohibit the use of animals for experiments in beauty, cosmetology, or of any type of thing like that. And then he said, arriba los animales, which means life to the animals in Spanish. While companies in the beauty business, including established brands such as Avon, L'Oreal, P&G, Unilever, and so on, support this change. And many are working with the Humane Society uh, in a collaborative effort to strive, up, to strive to come up with some safe alternative method to animal testing. It doesn't say that they're refusing to animal test, but it does say that they're trying to find other solutions. So there you go. Big deal. Boy, you know, for my yeah. time, that would never have been even considered. I mean, animals were just considered essential as testing subjects. Think of all the chimpanzees and mice and every other thing that has been. Well, anyway, we won't think about that. But this is a good this is a good trend in the right direction. A whole country banning it and not importing any products that has done that in their in their the things they're selling. Wow, that's great. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about the good things people have done. There's no uh, absence of that. So in New Orleans, they just had that terrible storm. You know all what ha- y'all. You know what happened down there. So what they have decided to do is to help feed people uh, by using a live music venue in New Orleans, and they're giving free meals to the residents who've been without power since Ida swept through the city. Uh, local restaurants and markets that were unable to keep their food cold have donated truckloads to this cause. And the CEO of the restaurant group that's been in charge of this endeavor said, we didn't even think about it. We just jumped in and started, you know, we started cooking because that's what we do. And there are photographs on the net of people in line for food, my gosh, and the heaping, heaping tables of food, holy cow. And they aren't just families who live in the neighborhood. They're also National Guard troops, police officers, utility workers, all of the visiting officials there who have come to help. They're just feeding scores and scores and scores of people. The restaurant group said, right now it's not about the money. It's about making sure folks are taken care of and making sure that we can get the word out and make sure that people recognize how important each other is. So what a wonderful thought. Wonderful. People have to pull together. They do it, and they do beautiful things. Here's a story that really is, I don't know, you just have to think about it and, and to look at the photographs of this old man and this young girl, young woman. So here it is. There's a World War II veteran who's 95 years old, and he finally met the little girl who carried a letter uh, around that she wrote him. She wrote this World War II veteran uh, a letter, and he's carried it around for 12 years. Anyway, they finally met each other. And the story behind the letter is he, he says he, is, he has carried this letter for 12 years. It was a letter written by a third grader back in 2009. And ever since he got the letter, he's never let go of it. And he says, I'll never be without it because it's something that somebody thought of me and that they write this to me. They cared that much. 
said when he had that letter with him, he has a feeling of faith and trust and love, according to his wife, who's still living. And the, the, the letter was written by someone who's now a young woman. She's 21 years old now. She was nine when she wrote it. Um, and in the letter that she wrote this older man, she said, it was a letter about his service in the military. She said, if it wasn't for you, we would never have any freedom. I'm so happy that you made sacrifices. The letter was signed, Your Friend. Oh, and the other thing the letter said is, thank you for saving us from Hitler. If it wasn't for you, we never would have freedom. I'm so happy you made sacrifices and signed it, Your Friend. Well, now this man, this elderly gentleman, is now living in a senior living facility. And the staff there are very fond of him and were impressed by the fact that he carried this letter, I guess, when they helped him dress and undress. Um, they're always moving the letter around. They're changing it from pocket to pocket. And they know the story. So they decided to hook him up or to try to find this young girl. They said, uh, he said, we never could find her. Um, he said, before I close my eyes, meaning die, I have to find her. I have to find her, he was telling his wife. So the staff at the facility tracked this young woman down. And uh, just a few weeks ago, the young man showed up at the nursing home, surprised the old guy, and she was wearing, guess what, a National Guard uniform. She had joined the National Guard. He said, you can't imagine the feeling I had when she stood next to me. It just took my breath away. It really did. And now this young girl and the World War II vet, a uh, young female soldier and the World War II vet are now viewing each other as family. She said, it started with a lot of love and affection, and it's ending the same way. Uh, interesting how this person, this World War II veteran, impressed this young girl. I don't, it must have been a school project or something where they were invited to write letters to veterans. <clears throat> she addressed him by name in the letter. And it was, I don't know how he got it. The story doesn't explain that. But a young child uh, admiring what uh, these men did for her in World War II, admiring uh, that someone would go to war for them and protect them. And she herself became a National Guard uh, soldier and met up with this man at this age, and now they're bonding. It's a, it's a beautiful story about um, love, really, and something of a soul connection between this older man and this young girl, something magic going on there. They found each other, and all of that seemed to happen. It meant the world to him. How would you like to write someone a letter that meant so much to them that they carried around for 12 years and wouldn't let go of it? Oh. A lot of feeling there. Something happening on the soul level with that, I think. Well, there's some good news from the Australian bush. A child missing in the Hunter region of Australia since Friday has been located following a very large-scale search. A three-year-old boy named Anthony, or AJ, has autism and does not speak, was reported missing by his family uh, Friday, last Friday. The police department uh, coordinated a multi-agency response. They were assisted by ambulance crews, emergency services, volunteer rescue association. Hundreds and hundreds of volunteers spent days scouring the Australian bush for this little boy named AJ. Well, on Monday, um, the boy was spotted by police helicopters. Guess what he was doing? Mind you, he's just a little kid. He was drinking water from a creek only 500 meters from his house. Uh, he had oh. ant bites. He had a few scrapes to his lower legs. He was soaking wet, but he was in good health. His father said it's a miracle. 
he's been bitten by ants and he's fallen over, but he's alive. He is alive. No one can understand what it's like going through what we went through. I feel incredible. My legs, my hips, my ankles, I can't walk. I've been in the bush for four days with no sleep. We didn't stop, but he is alive. Wow. Wonderful. Well, have you ever worked in service? I mean, like, waitress, worked in a motel, I don't know, drove a cab, or worked in service. Ever wondered, you know, anything good would ever happen to you work in service? Well, it happened to a, a bellboy in Turkey. He was left a fortune by a wealthy British tourist. A British tourist changed the life of a Turkish bellboy in a hotel after leaving him the majority of this enormous inheritance. The wealthy man stayed at the hotel in Turkey every year for vacation. And the bellboy had worked there. He's not a boy anymore. He's a man. He worked there for 31 years, struck up a friendship with this Brit. And uh, the bellboy said, well, we treat everybody alike. We treat everybody well. But Charles just happened to love us a lot. When he came to the hotel, he'd even entrust his money to me and ask me what I needed. Well, when Charles died earlier this year, the family was stunned to find that he'd left most of his fortune to the bellboy. He left some to the rest of the hotel staff, too. They say that nobody knows how much money was left, but they've all been assured, the public's been assured, he'll never have to work a day in his life again. Pretty good fortune there. Wow. So, wow, somebody got a surprise gift from the universe and a delightful old person. Well, in in, uh, California, being from California, and I can tell you there are mountain lions, (laughs) a mom has uh, saved her son, her five-year-old son, from a mountain lion, a brave woman indeed. She fought off a mountain lion with her bare hands while it was attacking her five-year-old son outside the California house. He was playing by a tree in in Calabasas Thursday morning last week uh, when a 65-pound mountain lion pounced on him. Um, the mountain lion dragged the kid around 45 yards before his mother came bursting out of the door, pounding on the cat, screaming, uh, punching at the lion, and managed to terrify it enough to make it leave the boy and run off. The child suffered injuries to his head and neck, but he's recovering and in stable condition. Experts said the attack likely happened because the mountain lion was just a kitten, 65-pound kitten, and was still learning how to hunt for food, but without a doubt, the mother's quick intervention saved the child's life. Wow. And finally, just to touch upon this topic, are any of you revenge, sleep, procrastinating? What? I never heard that before either. It's not even very catchy. Revenge, sleep, procrastination. Anybody heard of it? It's a new term. Well, <laughs> raise your hand. I can't imagine. You recently thought. <laughs> what? 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 Raise your hand if you've recently thought there just aren't enough hours in the day. I got both my hands up. Okay. We've all been there. But some of us might feel this way more often than not. And if it's getting in the way of your sleep, it might be a problem. You might wrap up a full day of work and decide to stay up an extra hour or two or three to veg out and watch Netflix or scroll through the computer or, well, before you know it, it's way past midnight and you have to wake up in just a few hours to start all over again. Well, this practice is now called revenge sleep procrastination. 
and it is defined as the decision to sacrifice sleep for leisure time that is driven by a daily schedule lacking in any free time. It generally involves a delay in going to sleep, which will reduce your total sleep for the night. There's no valid reason to stay up late, you're not sick, and you are aware that staying up too late could have negative consequences. Well, researchers have been studying this for some time, and they say that this is becoming far more common. And according to the National Sleep Foundation, the term originated in China, been used across the globe, and they say particularly since people have been stressed with the virus, more and more of that is occurring. They say revenge sleep procrastination occurs because of stress and sometimes because you work hours and you don't have enough time and you want some time to yourself. You willfully compromise your sleep time and use that for your own personal time. Now, said people who are engaging in this uh, are initially searching for relief and solace from a stressful day. We live in a hyper-connected world. Thanks to cell phones, or thanks or no thanks, instant messaging, Internet, we're busy, busy, and we have less and less time for ourselves. And, of course, the pandemic made all that worse. And they say that while taking time for self-care and relaxation is normally pretty good for your health, if it gets away of your sleep, it will be become detrimental to your overall well-being. So signs of it, well, it's just that, um, well, we already went through it. And so are you doing that? Well, you might want to reconsider because what will happen if you compromise sleep time for relaxation time, you'll feel tired the next day. You won't be able to stay alert. You'll be more forgetful. You might be cranky in relationships. You might not be able to accomplish as much. You are at increased risk for some health disorders. You could start to gain weight. You could start to feel kind of depressed. Okay, You could look older sooner, All right, and it could lower your immune system. They say, they're telling us that adults need seven to nine hours each night. Each night, every night, all the time. And they say, you know that your revenge sleep procrastination has become a problem when you're compromising your sleep you're feeling tired the next day or you fall asleep in front of the television. <laughs> so, uh, to get your sleep back on track, squeeze your moments of relaxation into the day. Okay, so maybe take a 10-minute break with a walk, go out and sniff the flowers, sometime in the middle of everything. Try, which doesn't sound very relaxing, does it? If you have to squeeze moments to relax, it seems to be the antithesis of relaxation. But, Be that as it may, in this crazy world where everything's upside down, I'm just reading the article to you. Squeeze moments of relaxation into your day and try not to stress about that. And (laughs) nobody's laughing. Of course nobody's laughing. I'm on the radio by myself with Uh, (laughs) Ariel. Stick stick to a relaxing bedtime routine, okay? Get one and stick to it. Um, You know, learn to relax before sleep and then go to sleep. Don't stay up because you're having fun relaxing. Uh, Say no to unnecessary tasks uh, to free up your time during the day. In other words, prioritize your tasks. Delegate what you need to do so you're not making your day any longer on the other end. So if I have something to do at four and you're trying to, uh, you know, uh, interrupt me and make my day longer so that I'll stay up until midnight finishing a task, that's probably not acceptable. So you have to prioritize and say no to unnecessary tasks. Create separation from your home and work life and be consistent to break your habit. Yeah, it says, they say, if you're able to take an hour or two to wind down at the end of the day, great. 
But as long as you're getting your sleep, you will feel fresh in the morning. You'll be able to function during the day, and that's what matters. But if it comes down to deciding whether to stay up and watch some Netflix uh, or do something else that you like to do or get to sleep, sleep should come first. So there you have it. You need sleep to recuperate and to restore yourselves. So hail to the sleeping. It's a wonderful thing. We are needing it, and we ought to be able to get it, and there, that's that. No guilt, all right? (laughs) So from my heart to each one of you, much love, everybody. Have a beautiful next couple of weeks, and make sure you get enough sleep, all right? That would be great. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, thank you, Ariel. Talk to you next time. Thanks, Thanks, Anastasia. Great job, as usual. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Uh Uh-huh, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Well, I know a lot of people that do that. <laughs> so um, and now I want to introduce our special guest, Lainey Love Dalby. And get your mic open here. Hi, Hi Lainey. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. Well, we're, we're looking forward to um, hearing more about you and, um, and your work. And, I mean... When I was, uh, you know, looking at your your bio here, I was like, "Is there? I mean, you've just about done it all, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, you're a retreat leader, a ceremonialist, a, a, a best-selling author, um, and and now you've you've got your. Um, uh, are the are the cards called? Uh, not sparkle shamelessly. That's a different trade, but sacred revolution. Yeah, with the so R in, in parentheses. Mm-hmm. Sacred Revolution Oracle. Well, excellent. So we're gonna we're gonna be hearing all about that, but but first I just kind of wanted to start at the beginning, and you know go back to when you were a child and how were you? What kind of a child were you? What kind of a life did you have? And then what led you to your your sacred work in the world? Mm. So for me, I had a very challenging childhood growing up since daring to live into the fullness of my being was really my greatest wound. I had big, wild, bright, creative, free energy, and everyone in the world around me tried to dampen it. I was too wild, too much you know, too expressed, too unruly. And so I had a lot of violence that was really turned against me and bullying from the outside world. And I eventually learned to internalize that. And, you know, I've worked with thousands of beloveds over the years. And the one thing almost every single one of them has in common is that they don't feel comfortable in their own skin or feel like they belong here on earth. And that was very much also true for me. And, you know, with that sort of pattern um, that I had developed up until eight years ago as a way of, as a form of protection, I used weight as a form of protection. And so up until about eight years ago, I had gained and lost over 1300 pounds in my lifetime. And I had a real deep loathing for my body. And I really didn't want to be here. You know, it was like I just wanted to stay in the spirit realms and be in the cosmos and be in my galactic energy. And so there was a deep, deep challenge of actually coming back home to the earth. And so I really and back home to my body and I bulldozed and I ignored her. And so I ended up getting really sick 
And I was forced on my knees to really break these patriarchal chains of the dieting industry and, you know, all of the harm and come back home to me and myself once and for all. And, you know, that journey was really one where I was plagued with feeling unworthy, feeling like I wasn't enough, feeling that I was bad or evil or that something was wrong with me or that I didn't belong and that it would be better if I didn't exist at all for a good three decades of my life. And so that was definitely a really big challenge. And, you know, it really came from these oppressive lies that I was sold from the world around me that led me to feel so deeply disconnected from life and from true sustenance and from my the power in my body and the ecstatic embodiment that we're here that we you know that allows us to have this journey here on our beloved mother earth and i really felt alone and hopeless and worthless and didn't really know where to turn because i was so disconnected from my own body and from my soul voice and I had learned to dis- distrust the body, and I really became a prisoner of that patriarchal social paradigm. And, you know, almost a casualty of a culture that consistently assaults the body and the sacred feminine and the earth. And so, you know, when I got really sick over eight years ago, the path of the body really began to call to me. And I began to purify the vessel, and I began to really put together all these pieces of how to actually be deeply nourished, how to actually come back home into my body, how to really um, nourish not only my body, but my mind, my heart, my soul. And I went through this four-year journey through the dark forest of illness that really became my alchemical cauldron and crucible of shamanic initiation. And it was where I was able to turn the lead into gold and the darkness into the dawn and to really start sparkling shamelessly in the world once again as the emissary of light that I was here to be, holding a higher frequency and vibration from a deeply embodied and sustained place. And, you know, I came to the realization that our body is a portal to our power. And that it is essential for us to be in our sovereignty, to be in our fullness, to be who we came here to be in the highest and best expression of the medicine that we have to bring to the, to the collective ecosystem that we must be embodied. And so that, that really um, has been such a big part of my journey. And now I hold space for others to help them do the same so that they can come home, so that they can return, so that they can rise into their full power and revolutionary potential. And in a sense, when we come home to our bodies, we come home to our truth and we remember who we truly are and why we're here at this most powerful time in human history. And we return to our innate divinity and our essential soul essence. And so I'm really standing now as a soul midwife for others, leading by example and consistently walking my talk by unleashing my own authentic expression in all that I do. No longer holding that back, knowing that my too muchness is actually great medicine for our world. And so ultimately, I'm really here to give others permission to be unapologetically who they are and share their deep gifts to meet the world's deep needs. And, you know, when we leave this earth plane, I really want us to be able to say and know deep in our bones that we lived and that we played full out and that we did what we came here to do as souls and for the greater good. 
you know, that we've really acted on behalf of the greater good. And, you know, when you said I've done so much, it's, you know, really it's all the same thing because my superpower is creating these deep containers of alchemical transformation where you're really invited to come as you are and you leave as more of who you are. And, you know, whether it's our Soul Sparkle Sanctuary Global Community or the virtual and in-person retreat immersions that we do or the embodied leadership trainings or even our Sovereign Sisters Rising Mystery School and even the Oracle deck, they are fierce containers of alchemical transformation that help us come back and remember who we are and to call all parts of ourselves back home. And, you know, there are these multi-sensory medicine spaces that allow our true essence to come forward and to clear away what's no longer serving so we can be in that highest and best expression, which is really the essence of sparkling shamelessly. And, you know, that's really what the 13 pillars of the secret art of sparkling shamelessly is all about. And that's really core to my life's work. And by teaching SAS, that's the short for it, I'm really providing this way for people to come back to their truth and their essence and that honest, authentic, wild, alive self that is core to who we are. So it's really that process of remembering. And my ultimate goal in so many ways is to really help us feel more comfortable in our own skin and live in greater alignment with who we are. And so just as SAS is a roadmap to make our lives a living prayer, it's also a blueprint for spiritual revolution, just as the Oracle deck is as well. Wow. Uh, So do you think that, I mean, you had to kind of go through the fire to to be able to speak from um, authority on if I did it, you can do it kind of a thing? Absolutely. I'm very much, I stand now as a global fire starter to really help us burn away and transmute all that is no longer serving in our world and stand as that lightning rod of truth that's really catalyzing awakening and remembrance of our divine essence for planetary and personal transformation now, because I believe it's really essential with where we are in the climate catastrophe and, you know, the insurmountable levels of suffering and it's really, you know, this medicine of the, the galactic rainbow shamaness is really an archetypal energy. And it's this walker between the worlds, the one who is, is merging the sacred and the profane and serving as a fierce channel and pillar of light between heaven and earth in that sense. And so it really was only through my journey and healing through the shadow that I was able to come into the fullest expression of my light one of the reasons why I'm a, you know, a trained uh, shadow work facilitator and, you know, do deep alchemical work is, is because that is really essential to own and accept and know the fullness of who we are, the, you know, all sides, all shades of the technicolor expression, because it's all part of our wholeness and it's all part of who we're here to be. We can't be in our fullness if we're living a half life or if part of our soul is missing. You know, so it's really about calling all those parts back and bringing them home. And it's, it's really the great homecoming that is the deeper calling, this deep, sacred reconnection that is the underlying um, energy of all the work that I do and also the Sacred Revolution Oracle deck. Wow. So um, up till eight years ago, so all the things that, that I mentioned um, in your bio, you've done all that in the past eight years? Yes. I lived many lives before that. (laughs) 
I was in the <laughs> international art world. I was a avant-garde fashion designer. I was a professional dominatrix. I, I've lived many, many lives. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, um, yeah it, you know what? I mean, if you, can, if you can walk all those different paths, it was really uh, like going to school. Yeah, and then totally. you know, I mean, I just kind of had this this image of, I mean, for all of us, just peeling off layers and layers and layers of of clothing that other people dressed us in. Mm, yeah, you know, and and you know, you've you've got to be this way, you've got to act this way, you've got to talk this way, and and before you know it, the authentic soul is so covered up with, you know, you know, society and and parental. Um, patterning that you know a lot of star seeds can um, kind of fall into that, and so yeah. what do you, what do you think um, apart from the things that you've already you know, talked about, uh, what is your your greatest the greatest challenge that you think you've overcome? The greatest challenge, definitely. I, but first, I just want to say I really appreciate all that you just shared, and that is so very true, and that was really where I was when I ended up in seminary. So I went to Interfaith Seminary about a decade ago, and that was the moment where my heart cracked back open because I had become a shell of myself. I was absolutely, literally dressing in other people's clothes that they had put on me in fashion, and you know, and, and I was completely shut down. My soul, I was completely disconnected from my soul and my true essence. And I was living it literally as a facade. And so it was when I entered into seminary over a decade ago that things really started to shift and my heart started to crack back open. And I started to see glimmers of the essence that was underlying and all of the shit that was piled on top of it. And that's when I started the deep excavation process, because I really believe that it's in our greatest wounds that our gems lie. And those gems help us to sparkle shamelessly in the world and bring our unique medicine and soul sparkle. And so, you know, in all of this, the, the greatest challenge for me was, is really, it still is something that is going to be a lifelong practice for me is being here fully in my ecstatic embodiment. And feeling safe here on earth, that I belong here at this time, you know, as, as a starseed, as a being, a galactic being, you know, really feeling and understanding that part of the journey here that I chose was about merging my divinity and my humanity and allowing those to coexist and not trying to, you know, um, privilege one over the other, but really having them come into a divine holy, sacred union within myself and within my own being. And again, you know, if we're not in our bodies, we can't be in our full power and we can't be in our full revolutionary potential. And if we're not deeply nourished on a soul level and on a physical level, we can't nourish the world and the ecosystem with our gifts and our medicine as light workers. So, you know, this, this, element that was really missing. It's like I, in the journey of offering my sacred work to the world, I was always in my leadership. Transformational leadership has always been my calling for, you know, a good 20 years, but I wasn't embodied in my leadership. And that was really the greatest challenge. And I wasn't able to be that full channel and pillar of light until I really came home, fully came home to this being and healed my relationship with my body, with the earth, with our original mother, our original ancestor. 
And, you know, one of my greatest struggles was channeling this blinding, bright, sparkling, cosmic, dancing, fire star being that I am into human form in the 3D. And so that's why I found this modality of, you know, creating these containers of alchemical transformation that allowed me to create a sacred structure for the, the energies, the cosmic energies that stream through. The Oracle deck, again, you know, a sacred alchemical container where all of these vast cosmic energies can stream through and actually be digestible by others in the world as well. And so, you know, it's been this continual journey to come back and to return and to spiral back into my earth suit and ground into Gaia and to, well, and, you know, ultimately welcome myself and all parts of my soul that had literally fractured off from this lifetime and many, many, many past lifetimes, um, you know, to, to really come back again and again home to myself. And it's one of the reasons that I share the journey now in hopes that it can ease other people's path that might be having a similar struggle. And, you know, I, I really was dissociating from old trauma that was stored in my cellular memory and I was leaving my body so I could go be in the visionary realm where I felt comfortable. And so that's why there was this need to, to keep coming back, to return, to return, to return. And I've also had such incredible support on the journey of people holding space for me as a midwife to heal and grow and transform and rise. And that's why I do that now for others and hold that space for others. And so as I've released these 10 energetic snakeskins and incorporated these strengths from past lives and healed countless traumas and remembered all these parts of myself back home, you know, this is what I really believe the revolutionary journey is all about. And it's what I hold space for for others. It's like Michelangelo chipping away at the rough block of marble to free the masterpiece within. And, you know, that, that is part of what I believe is that we're all artists, we're all creators here to co-create our lives as a great masterpiece for the good of all. And we each have a unique stroke to add to the great cosmic masterpiece. And if we don't, it's lost forever. And so it's, it's really calling that in. And, you know, all, all of this journey is also the root of why I really created the Sacred Revolution Oracle as well. And it's, it's a great root healing journey in a sense. And it's an opportunity for rebirth and homecoming and returning to the truth of who you are and who you've always been and who you're here to be as a divine light being, but having a human ecstatic embodied experience because we chose to have this body why shouldn't it feel as amazing as possible because we can achieve heights of ecstasy and you know that was the piece that was really missing I wasn't honoring the amazing capacity of what this and our human bodies are capable of and now that is what I that I like to tap into that personally in my own practice and I support others in that too because it, it makes the journey so much more pleasurable. You know, sacred pleasure power yeah. is a real thing and, and then it's part of how I've healed that challenge. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, we've had, we've been on the air for uh, 12 years and we've had a lot of star seeds and there is that pattern Mm-hmm. where they they were born, they knew they were different, their parents, you know, would try to stuff them in a box, you know, yep. you have to be like this, and, you know, they had imaginary friends, they could see things, they could, you know, see auras, they could see, um, you know, disembodied, you know, just mm-hmm. corporate beings, and and they were made to feel like there was something wrong with them. 
mm-hmm. and don't you ever say that to anybody again. And then, you know, then when they get to be in their 20s or 30s, it starts to resurface. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, it's, it's a, I think it's a, a, I don't know, part of the choice of incarnating in the third dimension on this planet is that you, you know you're going to run that risk. But, mm-hmm. but the potential is always there as long as you're breathing. You know, that potential is always there. It's not, it didn't really go away. It gets submerged, you know, yeah. by by parents and peers and uh, siblings and teachers and, uh, you know, religious leaders uh, trying to make everybody the same. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I think it's really great that you are now doing for others what others did for you. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of like, you know, you're, <clears throat> excuse me, you're, you're, there's always going to be people ahead of you on the path. And there's always going to be people behind you. And just as much as you would want the people ahead of you to lend you a hand and give you a leg up, then it's our responsibility to turn and do that for others who are coming up behind us. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a chain. And I, just, I love the term sparkle shamelessly. I mean, that's just, you know, let your light, you know, shimmer, glitter, sparkle, and, and don't ever apologize for carrying yeah. that much light, um, you know, and there are, you know, and there are people that try to, you know, cloak it, you know, oh, don't let anyone know, <laughs> because there's fear of, of, you know, judgment of reprisal, um, you know, and and at, at this point in my own life, I no longer f- fear judgment from anyone because I know it goes on their permanent record and not mine. So you're like, you know, judge me if you want to. I'm going to be who I am. And um, and if you do pass judgment, that's going to delay your evolution, not mine. Yeah. yeah. So that's, so I think, and women, the older you get, the less you care about what people think. So, um, yeah. So, um, so let's talk about this, this, your Oracle deck. How I mean, when did the first the idea first come to you? And um, I, I believe because there's a link for pre-ordering, they're not they're not on the shelves yet. Yeah, it's coming the first week in October. Um, and so it's interesting. The you know originally this was a book, and it was called The Great Homecoming. And it, you know, it started coming through probably about four years ago or so. And I had, I had thought that books and Oracle decks were going to be part of my, you know, spirit had made it clear that was sort of part of my trajectory. So I was working on this book and um, looking at, at publishers and sort of doing that whole journey. And, um, and then at some point I started to actually feel, oh, I think this might be an Oracle deck. And it's, it's interesting and synchronistic as well, because I had a reading actually with Lavendar um, many years ago. And in the reading, she had said, you know, I see something. It's small and it's really colorful. It looks like maybe it's a, an oracle deck of some kind. And it takes you onto the global stage. And I think it's perhaps an oracle deck for starseeds. 
And, you know, that felt very prophetic in a lot of ways because that very much, you know, has been what has occurred. And, you know, this is going out and it's shipping out um, to many different continents, many different countries. Um, it already does have a global presence. And, um, you know, it, it is very much uh, medicine for starseeds and for those that have this pattern that you were just speaking into and that we've been talking about. And, it has become the sacred revolution um, and you know the great homecoming is actually one of the cards in the deck but the reason that it became the sacred revolution instead of the title is because that's one of the core 13 pillars of the sacred art of sparkling shamelessly and it is the root chakra and it's the archetype of the sacred revolutionary and essentially sacred revolution is a return of love and reverence for our bodies for each other for the earth and the web of all life. And so it is that medicine of the great homecoming, of returning. And I really believe that the world at this time is crying out for this great homecoming, this homecoming back to the land and the heart of what matters most. And I believe that sacred reconnection to our truth, to our planetary family, to our purpose, to that light and power and sovereignty within us, to that soul sparkle, and to our Mother Earth is the medicine that is really most greatly needed in the world right now, especially with what's going on with the pandemic and all of these other things with this deep separation and polarization. For, you know, I am her, she is me, I am you, we are each other, we are of the earth, we are inextricably intertwined. And that essence of even reconnecting to our shadow, since without embracing that full darkness, we can't experience the full magnitude and magnificence of our light. And one of the things I'm deeply passionate about is ending the rampant violence in our world, both covert and overt, especially against the sacred feminine and our bodies and the earth. And I believe that that ending of that, that sacred reconnection will help bring an end to that and restore us to our dignity and our humanity. And that's really why I was called to create this particular Oracle deck now at this most crucial time in human history. And, and really this, um, what I believe that we need now to live into our full potential is the sacred evolution, is this new bottom line of love that is aimed at restorative justice and collective healing and fierce liberation for all. And it's something that we're really doing together so that we can dream and co-create a new world into being. The vision that I've had from the beginning of my calling around um, Sparkle Shamelessly when I got that trademarked and really when Spirit made that call very clear to me that that was the direction I was meant to move. I've had this vision of millions of star beings that are sparkling shamelessly for the good of all in a great vast constellation that are flooding the house of humanity with light, love, and healing. And that is the highest potential of this Oracle deck. It is the highest potential of the work. It is the vision I'm continuing to hold and move towards in all that I do. And so the Sacred Revolution Oracle is really a wake-up call, in a sense, to remember our interconnectedness with all beings and to honor the spirit and sacred divine spark in all things and act from this elevated consciousness to return home, what I like to refer to as galactic Gaia unity consciousness. And that's also one of the cards in the deck. And so the reason that it became a deck instead of a book is that Oracle decks essentially help you tap into your own inner wisdom. They don't try to give you a formula. They don't try to say, take this 10 step process to X, you know, and we are in this collective cauldron of uncertainty at this time. And we need 
tools to help us tune into our sacred center and our still point within. And during these pockets of deep uncertainty, oracle decks, divination, tarot, they're some of the most powerful tools that we have to thrive and tap into divine guidance, to turn off the noise of the insanity of the outside world that is moving and to return to the truth of who and why we're here. And I truly also love oracles. I have over 80 decks in my own personal collection because of this capacity that they have. Um, and they really hold the potential to unlock our own truth and power and medicine within. And so, you know, as we find these meaning and, and symbols and patterns and images, um, you know, it's just so potent, especially when we need greater discernment for ourselves or that we find ourselves in major turning points in our lives. And so it allows us to communicate with higher consciousness and guidance. And so the, what I like to call heart works with art in parentheses, the heart works on each card are essentially a prayer and a deep healing and a communion with the divine. And it allows you to access an endless well of colorful textured language from this mysterious realm of soul. And each sacred offering becomes a clue to the truth of who we are, leading us closer to ourselves, leading us closer back home to our wholeness where we can really be surrendered to the mystery and safely entering into the darkness and the shadow and the fullness of our being in all of its expression. So it's really this merging of spirit and earth through cosmic creation. And so each of the 50 cards offers these, the, the shamanic uh, healing art that I do, it's, it's really cosmic shamanic archetypal transmissions to support your personal awakening in our world for the ascension of humanity. And they're all birthed with holy oil anointing and light language transmissions, crystal medicine, codes for the new earth, as well as prayers and intentions for this deep personal and planetary transmutation. And so all of the original art, some people when they see it might think that it's digital. None of it is digital. It's all mixed media collage, cut paper, paint, glue, crystals, herbal medicine, um, and all of the original artworks are, some of them are up to six feet in size, and some of them have up to 50 charged sacred layers in them because they're created on this much larger scale. And so they needed to be distilled down into these circular cards because it's a circular deck. And due to this, you know, you're receiving the most potent dose of medicine possible. So each card becomes like its own medicine pill with direct divine transmissions of the evolutionary mutation that we're undergoing. And if you really wanted to go all in with this deck, you can truly transform your life. It's coded on several different levels of consciousness, and there are many different ways to engage with it to depending on what depth and level you want to go to. And it's actually the first of its kind because it's multimedia and multidimensional. And so each card comes with an ecstatic embodied embodiment practice in our ecstatic embodied leadership Academy. So you can literally take these images and the medicine and you can anchor it into your body and your being through guided practices, shamanic journeys, um, embodied movements. There's lots of different um, modalities that are included to help you really anchor in this medicine and truly transform if you desire it. So the invitation is really to open and allow yourself to be transfigured by these potent light codes and the holy vibrational patterns and cosmic resonant frequencies that are coming through. Because the way that my crown chakra really functions, it's like a galactic stargate and it's 
open most of the time. So these images and information and light codes are streaming through the majority of the time. So they're sort of poured into these medicine pills in a way. And the images themselves become activations of these transformative energies coded to be received on the multiple levels of consciousness. So just looking at the transmissions can activate latent potentials and light codes within you. You don't have to do anything. You can just open to receive as well. And so, you know, I really believe that all powerful art has the potential to change you at a cellular level. And there is with it an accompanying guidebook. And for each card, there is a sparkling essence, so the real, the realist, the, the highest expression of the archetypal energy in the card. And there's also the shadow aspects, so where you might be in shadow around this archetypal energy. And then there's, the, there's a channeled message straight from the art, speaking in I am. So you can actually speak it out loud and embody the energy of the card. And then there's also a divinatory um, message with it that gives you sort of bullet points if you just want to read one-liners and then a bit of a, a paragraph message with a specific message for you. And then each of them also has um, medicine helpers. And those medicine helpers are very shamanic. There's animals, there's crystals, there's astrology, there's different planets, um, there's different holy oils. So different actual tools and beings and energies that you can bring in to support you in really anchoring and embodying these energies in your life as well. And then, you know, the one final piece about the guidebook is that there are several different um, readings and card layouts in different sacred geometries that you can be guided through as well to support you in different. So there's one for abundance and there's one for activating your full star power. Um, so there's different journeys you could take with specific energies to really work the transformation in a, in a guided way. So, you know, it's, it's a really a choose your own adventure and a deep root healing journey and a soul retrieval. If you want it to be, you could truly retrieve vast lost parts of your soul and essence that are wanting to come back online now and come back into wholeness and you could rebirth yourself through this deck and very much it was a process for of rebirth for me as i have been creating it and so that energy and the alchemy of my own transformational journey is inscribed in this deck and the healing medicine that is available within it and so you know there's really powerful potential and for me, art making really brings me to the carnal aliveness that's inscribed in my birth chart because it's like coming into sacred sexual union in a sense and intimate communion with my highest and best self and my human self as well. And so it really allows me to be tapped into my primal wildness and instinctual knowing. And that's the ecstatic medicine for me. And that energy and potency is also inscribed in the deck. So, you know, every creation is really inscribed with their creator, including each and every one of us. And so it's, it's a potent alchemical vessel that can shake and stir and catalyze you if you desire it. It can also be for daily readings to just really tap into some profound cosmic energies to inspire you on your revolutionary journey as you continue to show up and be who you're here to be and step into the fullness of why you came at this time. Wow. <laughs> we just about answered every question I was going to ask you <laughs> already. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I do want to kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent. So yeah. you are 
having um, had a, a reading from Lavender, you're familiar with your own chart. Mm-hmm. Very. I've okay. had, I'd say I've had, a, I mean, probably now, I don't know, 50 astrology readings from many different sources, and I'm also a student of astrology, so I have a, a deep love of the cosmos, and, and that's another one of the pillars of the Sacred Art of Sparkling Shamelessly is to root into ritual, ceremony, and ancient ancestral wisdom, so very much how our ancestors connected to the stars as guidance. Mm-hmm. So uh, were you born with Mercury um, direct or retrograde? Ooh, well, my Mercury's in Sagittarius. I have four, um, four planets in Sagittarius. And I'm not sure about that part. I know that my Venus, I was born when Venus was retrograde, um, which is, is rare. That I do know. Well, but the reason, know the reason I'm asking is because you have put every drop of your essence yeah. into, into you know, putting out an oracle deck like this. And unless you were born with Mercury retrograde, you might want to adjust that release date because Mercury will be retrograde the first week of October. And I, I, you know, I'm just like, well, if you do have, if you're born with Mercury retrograde, you're good to go. You can, (laughs) you can, you can launch new things when Mercury's retrograde. But if it's, if it was um, direct when you were born, because it's going retrograde on September 22nd and it'll be retrograde for three weeks. Right. Well, that's so, just, no, I can ask about that. It's just arriving from the printer. So when we're doing the um, when we're doing the Sacred Revolution Global Festival is actually going to be um, for my birthday, and that's right around November 10th um, with my son in Scorpio. So, but I will look at that. Um, thank you for that. That's very, yeah. Do take a look at that because um, I mean this is really an important gift. For, for star seeds, for spiritual seekers, and um, I guess um, check your chart. If you if you were born with Mercury retrograde, then you know go for it. But if you were not, then wait. Yeah. You know, Her. wait you know, until <laughs> it's you know closer to the end of October because so it takes it takes a little while for it to get back, you know, flowing forward again. So you know. If you were born with Mercury direct um, and you try to launch, it's like swimming upstream. But, right. you know, not to say that it can't be done and that it can't be wonderful and successful, but it would be better if you if you chose your timing a little more deliberately. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, you're going to take... Take a look at that uh, in your chart, and if you you are experienced enough with astrology, you can figure that out. Yeah. Okay. okay. I absolutely will. Thank you. I appreciate that download. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you you've referenced the thirteen pillars. Uh, mm-hmm. Are those like you know principles, um, guidelines? Um, name a few so that people can get an idea of how this comes together. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the Sacred Art of Sparkling Shamelessly was really a map that was revealed to me in a series of visions from the ancient ones and my ancestors and the great mother herself. And it's really a gift for us all that's inspired by the cycles of the moon and the sacred geometry of the 13-pointed star. So it's a powerful template to really understand how to live into our revolutionary potential and create our lives as that great masterpiece for the good of all so that we can reveal that unique soul sparkle and really be in our full power and sovereignty. And so that's that sort of roadmap to make of our lives a living prayer. And so each moon cycle in our community we journey with one of the pillars and then also a theme. And so for instance, this moon cycle, our pillar that we're journeying with is ignite the inner fierce feminine flame. And that's the archetype of the rainbow heart warrior and um, really connected to the rainbow warrior prophecy in a lot of ways and, and showing up in the world as love and moving forward in that. And our theme is to really come into and discover our balanced rhythms with this Virgo energy, um, with the new moon that just, um, that just happened. And so that's one, for instance. Another is to walk as divine love in the world. That's another one of the pillars. And another is to co-create your life as sacred art. And so these pillars become almost an ephemeral temple that we literally step into and that holds us as we journey, as we deepen. And for me, I'm a big believer in learning and practice communities. So, you know, our Soul Sparkle Sanctuary uh, global community is a learning and practice community. And our inner circle really gathers to do the much deeper work and to practice together and to lean into this to maintain a sustainable burn. So we really hold space for each other. That is one of the core pillars as well as to gather in sacred circle and beloved community because it is in that gathering, it is in that togetherness that we can come to that full remembrance where we have these mirrors um, and witnesses for our soul's growth. It's one of the reasons why in the academy we have a four-part sacred circle leader certification. And, you know, the first is really about the sacred circle leader. The second is the alchemist that's helping you to really tap into how to create these alchemical spaces for transformation. And the third is the initiator, which we're going to be moving into actually as a live journey in October. And then the shamanist is the, the final culminating archetypal energy that we work with in that training. So I'm such a big believer in us coming together is one of the ways that we are truly going to be able to root, to rise and shine and soar together in this new Aquarian age, that we truly need each other, which is that sacred reconnection medicine that I was really referring to earlier, that that, mm-hmm. is, that is the glue that holds it all together. It's truly in the constellation of us sparking together, lighting up that grid that we will lift up the vibration of humanity. Right, and we'll move much more quickly to yes. the, 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 the Eden, the, the heaven on earth, Yes. That really has been promised for the age of Aquarius. Yes. So when you refer to the academy, you're talking about embodied leadership dot academy. It's it's your one of your websites. Yes. Yes. That is that um, you know is so the ecstatic embodied leadership academy was partnered with the Oracle deck. So we partnered together to be able to really create this multimedia experience where people can dive deeper into the medicine in the deck and embody it. And 
you know, that's where we're really supporting people to come into their full power through the body and the body as that portal to the power and really also tapping into the, it's, it's really an activation of the, um, of three core powers and wild feminine powers, regardless of gender. It's the wild feminine creative, wild feminine sexual, and wild feminine spiritual power. And I really see those together as a triangle, creating a medicine bowl that is the birth portal and activation for what it is that we're here to create and birth on earth that can only come through us. And that can be a human, it can be a business, it can be a creation, it can be a project, you know, it might just be a way of being in the world. But um, it's, it's really um, the core home where we're activating those energies and supporting people in really bringing their deepest gifts uh, and medicine into the world in leadership, whatever that might look like for them. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's just, I'm so glad that, that you're doing this and, and bringing it. I mean, you're so passionate. It comes through unmistakably. Um, and uh, I, I really are, are your is your deck. Uh, there was a, um, a place, a Bitly website, um, SR Oracle pre-order, mm-hmm. um, and then once once it's um, released, will people be able to find it on Amazon? Um, yeah, it is going to be on Amazon as well, um, and. Ideally, uh, you know, this, this first edition is a limited first edition um, with this 50th wild card. Um, and so it's, it's special in that regard. It's not going to happen again. And it was from a very successful crowdfunding campaign that we launched last year and raised 139% of the funds to be able to bring it forward. And really what I'm holding space for and the intentionality is that it will get picked up by a publisher for the second publishing round and then will be much more uh, available globally and um, more easily found, though it will be on Amazon. It does have an ISBN number. It is um, uh, created through Sovereign Sisters Rising Press. And so, yes, that will be available. Um, It will be available in all places is my vision, and I'm holding space for that. Well, excellent, excellent. Well, I am just so grateful that you were able to come on the show tonight and um, your energy is just so you're sparkling. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to put it. So it's like you are really walking the talk. Hmm. Uh, Thank you. So, I believe. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that you know that it really matters now for us to claim our worth, our magnificence, and to bring that full essence and raw truth of who we are forward because the world will be set free when we are all owning who we are fully and authentically and stepping into our soul's truth and sharing those gifts with the world. And it's really time for us to put our love into action out in the world and share that freely so that we can be those channels of divine light and really together come together to raise, raise the consciousness of humanity and heal and come home well, I know that from from our vantage point, um, with you know with the work that we do, um, it's been like two years now. The star mm-hmm. seeds are waking up in droves, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, they somehow find their way to us, you know, through, you know, other people that, you know, have already, um, you know, had had a reading and understand their, their natural state and all of that. And it's just kind of like a, a an expansion exponentially. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing. The starseeds yeah. are waking up and and they're... Um, they're they're ready to roll up their sleeves and let's get to it because it's uh, and I think that you know in um, in the in the galactic realm um, there's there are beings up there just pushing buttons like wake up now don't wait for the alarm to go off because it's been accelerated yes yeah that's why this deck had to come through now it was not the deck I wanted to put forward first but it was the one that spirit said must happen and it must happen now. And that wake-up call energy was very present in the whole process from the very first seeding of the idea to the completion of it. This is a wake-up call. It is needed now to activate that galactic Gaia unity consciousness. And so really spreading it like wildfire, since my main medicine is fire, spreading it like wildfire in this Aquarian age. So, you know, really, um, really skillfully using those air energies to help take and spread this and the most profound way possible as the gift that it is here to be. I was just the channel for it. You know, what came through is needed for humanity. And I am grateful that I was able to be the channel in the living Oracle, but this medicine is far beyond me. It has been born through me. And now it's time for this baby to go out into the world and literally yeah. fly. Right. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you have done this. And that you are going to be, you know, continuing. I'm sure, um, bringing more uh, people into that that awakening and unlocking the powers that we're either, you know, taken or willfully, I mean, vol- what is it? voluntarily given away. Yeah. A lot of us give away power left and right to avoid, <laughs> you know, this or that or this or that. Well, I'll just you know, give them my power, and then they'll, you know, and and we have to take it all back. You know, it's like, okay, you can go back and collect all of your toys that you've spread all over the place, bring them all home, because now you need them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's a call to action and, and to awakening. So yeah. I'm really glad that you are on the planet doing what you're doing. And um, actually... <laughs> We've I've just so enjoyed you know hearing your your what you have to say that we're kind of out of time when it comes to you know offering questions, okay. but um, but people people can go to your website, which is Lainey L A I N I E Love Dalby. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Okay, and Dalby is D A L B Y dot com. So if someone wanted to um, uh, contact you, you've got, I'm sure, information on how, how they can contact you through your website if they have you know, further questions or want to participate in any way. They can yes. do that, right? Absolutely. There's a contact button in the top right corner, and you can reach out to me. I'd be happy to hear from you. And there's also a link at the top for the Oracle deck to pre-order the deck or to also get um, an intuitive Oracle reading since I've been doing pretty deep and powerful readings from the, the Oracle as well. So, Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm thinking about Anastasia's um, um, news story 
about um, sleep deprivation? Do you actually get to sleep? Oh, yes, I sleep. I sleep eight hours pretty much every night. When I'm in a real, like, creative, like, when I was in the final zone of creating the Oracle deck, Spirit had me up at 3 a.m. channeling every day. So um, I wasn't sleeping as much then, but I was going to bed earlier, so it was okay. I know a lot of moms that that are afflicted with that right now because of COVID and and, um, homeschooling. It's a a real epidemic among mothers that I know, actually. Um, So, yeah, I had actually heard of that quite recently, and... I'm aware of it. And yeah, there's just, I mean, we're going to need a lot of healing after this time that we've been through extra healing than we already needed, you know? And so it's just these tools for potent healing and transformation are so, they're just a bomb for the soul, a healing bomb for the soul. And that's what I like to offer with what I do. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, what a lot of, a lot of people, even though the last, the last couple of years with the pandemic has been, uh, really, really challenging. Um, it, I think of it as a last straw mm-hmm. energy, yeah. where you know people can tolerate something that says eh, it's not good, but it's not that bad. Well, mm-hmm. you know when it gets bad enough, when you get to that, that's it. That was the last straw. I'm going to do something about that now. Or I'm going to stop that. I'm going to start that. Um, you know, and unfortunately, I mean that's just kind of, you know human earthling nature is that you know the wheels got to start squeaking really loud before you're going to do something about it and 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 in a lot of ways the pandemic has shaken us out of our complacency mm-hmm. um, you know and even though it, it hasn't been fun and there's been a lot of you know a lot of tragedy a lot of you know shadowy things to deal with I just have to look past it into the future when we make the changes that we need to make and do what we need to do for the planet um, and for ourselves because we are in the age of Aquarius. I, I had talked to Lavendar about this last February because we had seven planets in the sign of Aquarius. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, well, if this isn't the beginning of the age of Aquarius officially, I don't know what would be. <laughs> seven planets in Aquarius. So... Um, and that is about the, you know, the brotherhood and the, mm-hmm. and, the, and the truth and the honesty, the transparency and, and friendships and, you know, everyone is, everyone is family. So, and that's, we're moving in the right direction, although it may not be fast enough for some of us. Uh, people like you are really pushing that, that envelope to get us there more quickly. And I pr- thank you for that. Mm, you're so welcome. It's hard not to with four planets and Sagittarius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, Lavendar's got. Uh, I think she has three planets in Sagittarius. So, um, yeah, there, you can't you can't really contain that. It's yeah. it's it's upward. It's it's rising fire. Yeah, and my Jupiter is Leo. So. <laughs> okay. Well, there you have it. There you have it. You know. Um, leadership to expansion. Yep, yep. And my midheaven is in Libra, so yeah, it's it's um, all good medicine. Living into the destiny inscribed in the stars in all the ways. <laughs> right, right. Well, mm-hmm. congratulations and well done. And uh, you know, if you if you uh, I know that you are going to create yet something else that's new. 
let us know and, and come on back on and, and tell us about it, okay? Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to. And we'd love to also have uh, you join our community. You can, it's, it's free to join our Soul Sparkle Sanctuary community. And there's a Soul Sparkle starter kit as well on the website. When you visit it, you'll see the blocks pop up if you wanted to stay informed of what's next as well. So just to put that out there. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. thank you so much for sharing your sparkling light with our audience. And uh, we'll look forward to of your next project and talking to you again in the future. Mm, thank you so much. So deeply grateful to be here with all of you this evening. So um, that's it for us tonight, everyone, and we thank you for listening. And we will be back uh, two weeks from tonight. And until then, choose compassion over judgment and find something to be grateful for when you think it's the darkest day. Look for gratitude in your life. Until next time, good night, everyone. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 